Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode number 76. I'm your host, Coop. We've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you now that we have some actual games underway. Whether that's a good thing or not remains to be seen. Uh, here's the thing, Polly. How are you doing tonight? Here's the thing, Coop. I'm living a dream as always. Nice. And uh, drinking a white claw. No laws with the claws. <laughs> All right. And we also have Ryan. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I just uh, get moved into the new house. Um, my new neighbor's name is Mike Hunt, and uh, yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> is that is that really his name? That, no. Oh, God damn it! That would have been a, that would have been funny. We also have coming back the Woo Woo. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Also, Polly, this is a dream. It's more like a fucking nightmare. But <laughs> I know. I know. I'll wake We're up someday. Oh no, Rice Iglesias is warming up in a non-safe situation. So as we're speaking tonight, the Reds are playing the Detroit Tigers. It's the top of the eighth in, on Friday, and they're down five to two because Luis Castillo was getting nickel dimed, singing eye singles, and then Nate Jones came in and bullpen. Anyway. So the Reds, your Cincinnati Reds, my Cincinnati Reds, everybody's Cincinnati Reds have started the season, what is it, two and four at this point? Correct, two and four. For some reason, they just cannot figure out the Detroit Tigers, and I'm I'm dumbfounded as to why. This team lost 114 games last year. So, Ryan, why, why are the Reds struggling with the Tigers so far? Because they just fucking hate us. They just hate us. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm honestly, looking at the Tigers, um, I said the. I said earlier before we start recording, like, why are they good? Why are the Tigers good? There's no sense in why they're good. But they actually have been good this year. Um, obviously, they're they play well against the Reds. I believe they won their other series that they have played as well. So, um, I mean, they're off to a hot, hot to a hot start, but. Uh, now, obviously, this happens with one team every single year. It just happens to be the Tigers' year. Well, why are the Reds struggling so much with this shitty ass team? Because it's baseball. Nice. I mean, this is—I mean, this is a sixty-game season. What it is, right? Like, you come out hot, come out cold. This this happens, and it's why baseball is a hundred twenty-game plus, hundred you know, hundred sixty-game plus um, season, and product because baseball is something that is for the long haul not a short set and why playoffs are such a crapshoot you know it's it's inherently part of the game um you you could you could take the 60 game window we have and at the end of it if we get there um they they could face the tigers again and just roll them you know it's just it's it's baseball so it sucks but that's how i kind of look at it 
Paulie, your thoughts? Cue in uh, good crowd noise right there for Wu because that was really good. Uh, I really good. I like how you spit that out. Um, unfortunately, here's the thing: the Reds are not situational hitters right now, and they it's uh, Joey Votto is sucking at the moment for that, and that's why the Reds aren't playing good baseball is because. No one's able to build around him, fortunately. So that's what I think. And it's, I agree with Wu a thousand percent. Once he started saying that, I was like, why did I think about this? It's because Wu is a good thinker. Good thinking, Wu. Good thinking. Uh, I, I think. Wu's got that brain. I think, I think therefore I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, well, Greg. Sure. There's, there's been some some things happening here with the Reds though this year. Matt Davidson came over, started opening day, then got the Rona. And since he had the Rona and then uh Mike Mustakis and Nixon Zell were feeling ill later, they were at least Mustakis was put on the the COVID IL and then Sinzel was held out. They were both held out for about a week while they were waiting on two negative tests which they got. And then they had to go and appeal those results so that they could start playing again. So the three games they missed, the Reds lost. And they came back and won that game against the Cubs. And then the last game was rained out, and now here we are in Detroit. Now, the starting pitching pitching outside of Wade Miley's pathetic effort has been really good. The bullpen, oh my God. The bullpen has been atrocious. Woo. The bullpen. Is there anything the Reds can do outside of a trade to fix it? Or is this what we got and this is what we the, the Reds have to roll with? The bullpen is uh, the bullpen. I mean... You can see it within a season, between seasons. It's a roll the dice for most part, right? Um, and it's all you know, baseball is so much a confidence. And, and going back to the previous question, really, you know, you talked about the COVID results. You know, from an offensive category of perspective, this team, you know, trying to get going in the season, and then hey, people are sick in the dugout. You know, am I sick? How's it all mentally messing with people? and throwing the lineup out of loop and people starting to play things they weren't expecting to play. Um, but in terms of the bullpen, I, I mean, I don't have an answer. I mean, it is uh, the pitching staff is going to know better than us, right? The people that keep throwing back out there, I think are the ones that they feel they have the most confidence in. Sometimes you question that. Um, it, it, it's a byproduct of the season. Everything gets amplified, right? There isn't time to figure it out. And, Sometimes baseball, you have to go back out there and you've got to figure it out. And there's, you know, there's no AAA to send anybody down to, you know, to really work it out. I know you got the B, the alternate site people, um, but you know that's that's like scrimmaging, practicing. It's not, you know, not, not to say AAA is exactly like Major League Baseball, but it's it's at least a real game they're playing. Uh, there's none of that, and um, I, I just think you're going to see a lot. Of, this probably isn't exclusive to the Reds. You're going to see a lot of it. A, across the majors like you just got to send the guys back out there and hope they figure it out well and you have michael lorenzen who has pitched in three games and has given up a home run in each game 
And Rysel Iglesias just gave up a leadoff double in the bottom of the eighth. Happy thoughts. Come on. Paulie, your thoughts. Here's the thing. Uh, the COVID testing, I want to take us. You started talking about the COVID testing a little bit. It, it's intriguing that Davidson tested positive for it. And now is negative, you know, like he's totally fine now. Like, and, and Miss and Sinzel got to appeal it. Did Davidson like test negative, like within a week? You know, I mean, like, it's crazy. I mean, like they, those two, like one felt allergies and one felt kind of bad, you know, like it's, it's, it's really weird how like, Davidson actually tested positive. HIPAA. I've also been thinking about HIPAA. Like, oh, this guy tested positive. This guy's like, you really can't say. You know, it's like for unknown reasons. You know, I, it's really baffling that they're allowed to announce that these guys are testing positive and whatnot too. Oh, we're gonna. We're definitely gonna get into the failure of Major League Baseball and okay. COVID yeah, tests. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the. Bullpen. Where's what's wrong with De Leon? I haven't seen him at all. Right? Yeah, he is he on the B squad? Uh, I think he's. I think he's with Prasco Park on the B squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I said it last week. You know, why not throw? If someone's not doing something, throw Ludello in there. Give him some more experience. Let him pitch out of the bullpen. You know, like I. If I could jump in there, I, I think you're playing a little bit di- with explosives there, right? You don't want everyone to think if I'm not instantly producing, I'm getting, I'm going to the B site, right? Right. You, you can't put that out. You have, you have to allow mistakes to happen. Otherwise, everyone's going to be on eggshells, and you're not going to get, you're not going to get great performances for sure. And you, if you're lucky, you'll get good performances. I, I just think you have, again, baseball. You can't do this. Two games, oh, you're gone. You know, I understand everybody wants to magnify and amplify that concept because of 60 games, mm-hmm. but you're not not going to end up with your best team if you're doing those quick. You're gone. Okay, now bring this guy in. Oh, maybe he had a little success first time. He starts having problems. Am I going to go? It's it's just psychologically because there is a large component of that for baseball. You're going to have you might as well just trash the season. It's gone. Right, right. And you need and I and my aunt. Total honesty. You need positive momentum to have. You need to be to be have the confidence that once you're when you're out there. If you've given up three home runs, Mike Lorenzen, <laughs> focus a little bit. Maybe not worry about lifting so much, buddy. But where's your Jesus they, they, now, they, Mike Lorenzen? They, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but they need momentum. <laughs> three hundred fifty you know, feet need, away. They need rep. Those rep I don't want to say reps, but they need, need like positive momentum. I say positive all the time. Stay and it's positive. the smallest thing that can get that ball rolling, too. That's another reason why you got to keep putting them out there. You know, some guys, they'll get rocked, and to them, that's the big challenge to go back out there. Other ones need a push or something to get that going. Um, it, it could be the smallest thing. Like, it, it, it could be in a blowout game, somebody going out there for some mop-up innings, and, and just, bang, they got the confidence and it rolls to the next, next, next time they're out there. Like, you just don't know when that's going to be, which is a big part of why you got to put them back out there. Now, I would admit that when Michael Lorenzen first came out in his Vans cleats, I was like, all right, things are going to be good. And Votto just bobbled a ball at first, and there's two runners on. Uh, but uh, I was thinking, all right, 
This is my. Can you stop spoiling things for me? You're approximately, (laughs) I don't know, 30 seconds ahead of me. Oh, well, you'll get to see it as I watch (laughs) the replay then. He's like, not the best night for Cincinnati. Ryan, your thoughts on the bullpen? Uh, I mean, I completely agree with Wu, which I cannot believe I'm saying that right now. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, Wu's, Wu's correct. You got to keep putting these guys out here. Um, my only thing, and somebody brought this up earlier, it might have been Branch or might have been Bernie, maybe. But right now, they're still trying to figure everybody out. And that's, I think that's why we're seeing the Nate Jones, the Brooks Raley's, you know, even the TJ Antones getting thrown out there. But so that they can sort of see if we have something here. And if we don't have something here, then we can let these guys go, get back to satellite camp. Then we can start talking about bringing up Lodolo, DeLeon, things like that to bring into this bullpen, maybe to shore it up a little bit. I, I definitely do think Lorenzen will end up figuring it out. Um, I think Amir Garrett's the best arm in the system and should be the closer, so to speak. If we're going to have a closer, um, it should be Amir Garrett. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Wu. you got to keep putting these guys out here, out there until they absolutely show you that they just cannot handle it. And when they do that, then you can cut ties. Why don't, we, why don't we switch gears to a little bit of positivity? This should be a positive section of the podcast. Hell, yeah. TJ Antone, as you mentioned. Positive. Uh, well, then I will just say what happened in the game because we're talking positive. But TJ Antone. God damn it. <laughs> Had an amazing major league debut. Was it four and a third innings? He pitched in relief of Miley. Gave up yep. the one run on the solo home run. Just he was he was throwing a two seam fastball that was just darting across the plate. And I was really impressed with him. And then Tyler Stevenson got his major league debut. My baby boy. I love him. First at bat went right out the front door for a home run. Then he also singled later, and in that ninth inning that where the Reds almost came back, walked to drive in a run. So two amazing performances by players in their Major League debuts. Now, since then, Tyler Stevenson has been sent back to the B-team squad at Prasco Park. You know, whatever. Absolute um, horse shit. Ryan, why don't you start with that then? Give me your thoughts on TJ Antone and Tyler Stevenson and – the positive impacts that they've had. Well, it's well known how much I absolutely love my baby boy, Tyler Stevenson. Um, He's that he's not that guy. (laughs) He's not going to hit a home run at every at bat, but uh, in my opinion, he is without a doubt, the Reds catcher of the future and possibly by the end of the year could be starting over even Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Sally themselves. Um, that's just my opinion. Some others may not hold that opinion, but that's how I feel about him. Um, TJ Antone is he's, he's got filthy stuff. He, he does, um, probably profiles a little bit better out of the bullpen than he does the starting rotation. Uh, but he's, he could be that guy that comes in and, um, remember Chris Davinsky a few years ago for the Astros who came in, he would come out, pitch three to four innings and you know, in a game, right in the middle of the game, he was their bulk reliever and had an ERA under two and was absolutely disgusting and filthy. Um, Josh Hader's filled that role. I think TJ Antone can absolutely fill that role. Maybe not so much this year, but definitely 
definitely within the very near future. So I love both those guys. I think they're going to do. I think they're going to be great Reds. I really do. Woo! Give me your thoughts on the major league debuts of Antone and Stevenson. They're exciting. You know, it's nice to see good players play. A young, you know, come up and we haven't really had that in a while, have we? I mean, when? When was the last time? Senzel was the last time. Senzel, I mean, but but that was so, there was so much drama around that with injury and this and that, you know. And it was a year late, too. Bruce, maybe? Bruce, Bruce, probably. Chapman, Chapman coming up, you know, it's been a while since we kind of had that little taste of excitement. And I mean, Jay Bruce's debut, you know, that's pretty, that was pretty awesome. I mean, it's up there in terms of. I mean, we res didn't win, but uh, in terms of performance level for for a debut, um, you know, it's exciting. You know, you it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like okay, the Reds have something in the pipeline which they're going to need to continue to have any kind of success. So, um, it, you know, there was there was two good debuts. I liked how they both got a lineup card. So someone stole the Tigers lineup card, I guess. But um, Rona, uh, Rona. yeah, <laughs> and that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's good. You know, you hear them talking about their families, their you know their dads and things like that, and then you know you see the excitement on their faces. It's, it's just with everything going on, it's good to see that kind of thing going. Woo or woo, you just talked. Yeah, sorry, Polly. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's, they got their cup of coffee, quote unquote. I like I like that they both did well. Um, Antone's liquor, he's got some fine pitches in there, so he's gonna be good. Um, I was, I knew that Stevenson would, I didn't know he would do that, but I was hoping that he would be able to impress people the way he did. Um, the Reds have, have been, I wouldn't say babied him, they've protected him, um, because I, I think they knew they had, they have something good there. Well, he's had the injury history, and I can't too. wait till he's 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 he had a little injury history too. Correct, um, but they've like given him time. You know, they haven't given up on him or anything. Um, they you know they've been very positive with him. So, and he's um, rewarded them every every level um, that he's been at. And I can't wait to. I agree with you, Ryan, um, that he's going to. He, I think he could be up here sooner than later, um, and. Getting a lot of a lot of starting time, actually, possibly because I just he's a different type of player, and um, you can see that. <clears throat> and and the way he hit the ball, um, the way he caught, I, I think he commanded the, the game pretty good, and he, he just poised at bat with that walk in the ninth. He he it, that impressed me more than anything, to be to be quite honest. Yeah, he he definitely showed some maturity. Uh, Unlike, you know, Phil Irvin when he struck out with the bases loaded. But um, we're talking positive right now. We're doing positive things right now. <laughs> um, Speaking of being positive, if you like Tyler Stevenson, you're going to love Jose Garcia. Well, I, I have a feeling we might see him before the end of the year. Just to, just to. And that's my point. End I think we might year. see him at some End of point. the year when they're out. I yeah. think we might see him by <laughs> the Monday? end of the year. Monday? Uh. <laughs> No, we're on a positive kick right now. Come on. Oh, being positive. Okay. Awesome. Positive. This is a good being time to mention our, our what happened to the Cardinals? Pretty positive. We're, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That'll be in two topics when we get to the Rona debate. One more positive. That'll be shout out to our shout out to our, our, our um to the sports gallery. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Shout out to the sponsor. That's a sponsor. That's another positive. See? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? But uh, no, one more positive. Is... The lady that works there is positively wonderful. Warning, Ryan. But, um... <laughs> Nick Cassianos and Mike Moustakis, in terms of positivity, have both produced and have shown that they're probably worth the money. Now, that's the positive. One might call it negative in that after opening day when David Bell pulled Nick Castellanos for a pinch runner in the seventh inning, Castellanos had an issue with that and was seen after the game taking fly balls in right field for about an hour after the game and having some heated discussions with uh, David Bell and his position coach, whose name escapes me right now. But let me start with you, Wu. Any concern with Nick Cassianos and his fire and wanting to play? I personally had no problem with it because he shouldn't have been pulled, but that's just me. Your thoughts, though? Do you want your one of your largest free agents you ever signed to not be upset that he's not on the field? I mean, it's it's a dumb thing. The guy wants to be in there, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was out taking fly balls, right? You can make the argument a little bit if he bitched and and then, you know, sulked in the dugout and talked, didn't do anything, you know, or complained, like, have it lead to the press afterwards or something like that along those, that nature. He was out in the outfield taking fly balls, you know. You want a guy that I want to be in there. I want the ball, you know. I want the bat. I what That's a bunch of hay. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of hay, you know. You don't make anything of it. You know, that's how I look at it. Sorry, so, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Eugenio Suarez just fell down on his ass while he struck out. This team. <sighs> Polly. Positive. Positive. Your thoughts on what happened with Castellanos at opening day? I just saw it. <laughs> oh, what Gino did. That's hilarious. Um, I really, I fucking loved it. It showed me a lot of who he is and like you said, if he wants the ball, wants the bat, give it to him. You know, if he wants to be out there, let him start. You know, like figure it out from there. You know, figure out, figure out from there, Bell. But like until he until he doesn't produce, you know, then you can like fiddle with fiddle with his mind. But like, shit, man, he was just trying to prove himself or just say, hey, I want to be out there. And that, that showed a lot of leadership to me. You know, that he wasn't going to give up and that he wasn't going to go to the media. You know, I mean, he's going to speak his mind when he wants to. And I think he spoke his mind pretty clearly, you know, seeing, being seen having those discussions with his coaches, you know, in the pictures that were, you know, sh- shown to us or whatnot in the videos. But, hell, that's leadership, I think. Paulie, I agree with you in that he didn't do this to the press. He wasn't doing it for press attention he was upset he was taking some fly balls and some line drives out of frustration he let his feeling be known and that was it it was not a it was not a big deal because he wasn't trying to make it a big deal it was only a big deal because you know the press was still in the press box writing their reports and hey why is he out there in the outfield ryan I'm going to be real honest with you guys. 
Nick Castellanos basically telling David Bell, fuck you and stop fucking around with me, was fantastic, in my opinion. This guy is one of the top five paid players on your team who you just gave a big contract to, which, by the way, has multiple opt-outs in it. Why are you pissing him off and taking him out of the game? He's one of the best bats in the league. Why do you do this? Like, David Bell, come on. I understand wanting to get a pinch runner in somewhere, but Nicholas Castellanos, is, he's one of your best hitters. You do not take him out of the ballgame, period. That's Break, in my rant. Breaking news, the Reds lost 7-2 to Detroit. God Mother, damn it, you just Mother! spoiled it. You just spoiled it for me. <laughs> it could have come back. They're down 7-2, Moose is up, so 1-2 count. A lot of things could happen, and now I, none of them can. I predict he's going to fly out to left center field. all fucking over. There it is. Thanks. Whatever. I didn't even Marty, get to watch the fly Marty out. Fucking tear it down. Sell it. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. All right. Now we need to get to the 800-pound elephant in the room, and I don't mean me. The coronavirus. The Marlins have not played a game in almost a week because 18 of their players... 18 of their 30 players have tested positive for the coronavirus. This led to cancellations with games with the Phillies and the Yankees. And um, I forget who the other team was. But then today, the Cardinals came out and said the two players tested positive, which canceled their game with the Brewers. So what are we doing here? I mean... There was no bubble, which we knew was going to be problematic. You look at the NBA, you look at the Major League Soccer, they're reporting zero positive tests because they're isolating their athletes, which, you know, we can get into that if you want to, but whatever they're doing is working. Baseball decided not to do that. It came out today that the Marlins, when they were in Atlanta, we're going out on the town, having a good time, probably going to those strip clubs there in Atlanta, which is what athletes love to do. Magic City, shout out. And we're starting to see these problems popping up in Major League Baseball. Woo. I'm going to start with you because I know you'll be as opinionated as I probably will be on it. What is baseball doing here? Why can't they get this shit under control? Well, first off, I, I I think you have to be careful about saying the bubbles are working, right? They're working to date. Um, the virus is rampant That's throughout fair. our country currently, right? Yeah. You know, you look at Europe, oh, they've had full sports back, you know, or Japan or Korea, you know, places where they've brought sports back. They also have the virus under a lot more control. We're trying to do this when we don't. Um, so the byproduct of that is players, staff, coaches are getting the virus. Uh, the bubbles have worked so far. Um, I, I think you're, the longer that is, the shorter that time frame that bubble is operating, the more likelihood it is obviously to be successful. Um, baseball, it's it's a it's about the money, right? It, the, the owners want the postseason, right? That's what they want. Uh, they don't give a damn about the season. They just want to be able to can do to meet contract obligations, to put content on the air, to get to the postseason, so they can get those dollars. Um, it, <laughs> We're what? 20% of the teams this week didn't play a game today, you know, that was scheduled 20% of the league. You know, there's, there's no, there's no way you can with a straight face argue that this is legitimate, that this is, you know, um, 
proper in terms of competitiveness or integrity. There's none of that. It's all out the window. It's just, it's a grab to give you baseball. And it's fine. You know, I've had some pushback when I said this on, on Twitter, but there's nothing, leg- you know, again, there's nothing legitimate about what's going on. It's, it's there for our entertainment and for us to potentially enjoy it. Some people are obviously going to be fine, completely enjoying it and thinking it's just like normal. Other people like me, I, you know, there's a moral complexity there to, to the entire situation. And Major League Baseball, I know today they came out and sort of like, oh, players, you better get your act together. And there's been some news here in the last 15 minutes as well. But Oh, break you know, that news. Else, break know, that news. Well, you know, breaking news. Is, is the season might be over by Monday. So, uh, oh, you know, oh, well. and, and, and I laugh at that in a way because it's sort of like the commissioner being the dad, you know, everyone's made the joke. There's the dad in the car. I'll pull this car over if you don't start acting better. Um, but we're dealing with a virus here that, you know, usually, you know, you look at how the data is in the public realm, you know, that's, or two weeks behind and, you know, it, it's something you don't know. So any changes they're making, let's say today, you're not going to really know for at I'd say the best case scenario a week from now because it's a smaller subset of people and you got a little more control over them. So it's crazy that that, that you, know, you better put this in in check. You better start following the rules or on Monday we're going to cancel the season. Well, if, if you're saying things are so bad now that if they don't improve by Monday, uh, we're going to cancel the season, then you should just cancel it now because there's no way it can improve by Monday. You have to give a long enough runway for the virus to do its thing and for your players to start following whatever protocol. And it's sort of like the delinquent parent in the way, like all this has just been within a day all focused on the money and the TV and getting baseball back out there. And the protocols just seems to be whatever they make up, whatever can be bent and twisted to, to keep baseball there. And if I was a player, I'd be not very happy about that. Now I know there's some players who are like, I need that paycheck. And I understand both sides of that, that coin there, but you're putting other people at risk, not just the players on the field. You got managers, you got people who are, driving the bus or you know the trainer or this and then they go home or they are this you know there's always different 20 different ways other people are infected besides what you're just seeing on the tv and it, the, the virus is just too rampant in our country right now to be doing this I, I expect baseball to shut down and i expect baseball to try give it some time figure this shit out and i i look for them to have a tournament just set up a bubble maybe a couple of locations and and have tournament style baseball, you know, double, you know, best of three series, five. They'll come up with something creative, right? You've seen what the MLS has done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see what hockey's doing, right? Hockey, hockey's a little different. The season was three quarters plus more gone. Same with the NBA. Um, so it's a little different situation. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we're gonna this this season isn't happening, right? 2020, there is no 2020 season. But we're gonna we're gonna try our damnedest in the safest way possible with some good protocols with a bubble mentality because that seems to somewhat work even with how the virus is out here right now to provide you with some baseball. So give us a month or whatever. We're gonna come back in September where you're used to kind of a playoff style mentality. We're gonna provide you some tournament style major league baseball and something different that should, everyone should tune in. I would tune in. It'd be a totally different format. Every team in a tournament style. You know, it's kind of like March Madness meets the World Series. And I think people would love that and be totally on board. And everyone would also understand this this isn't really like a World Series championship, but it, you know, it's something that we could possibly enjoy. But I, I, I think they got it. They, they, the league to the players to everyone, they have to take this seriously and they have to all be on the same page because it, it just takes one person. It gets in the door. The virus gets in the door. It doesn't care. It's going everywhere. And I wanted to speak to the bubble because there are, for some reason, a lot of baseball writers – 
just dismiss it off that offhand, like, oh no, a bubble would never work well, with Major League Baseball. I, it's a valid argument if you think only in the context we're going to try to operate like a regular season, right? right? right. It's not. No, you just give up on it. There's no, just give up on the concept of season. Just gone. Just give it up to it and start. How can we provide baseball, right? And, right. and the owners will be on board because hey, we've got those September October postseason dollars sitting out there. Well, let's let's just do this, and, and people would eat it up. Because John Heyman today that like, oh well, look at the high temperature in Phoenix today. You can't do that. Okay, well, the NHL is doing two hub cities where all the games are going to be played in these one in in two cities. So let's say you had Phoenix as one city, and I'm just throwing out a dome city out there like Seattle. And I don't know if that would be it or not, but I'm just throwing out a, a city with a dome stadium. You would have half the games being played in Phoenix and half the games being played in Seattle. You'd stagger you the start. One of Montreal, just saying. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you'd stagger the start times. You could have four It'd games a day, twenty four seven. Yeah, essentially, right? You, you could have all these teams, and it'd be like the, the first weekend of March Madness for how many days? Right, right. And maybe you need more than two hub cities. I don't know. Maybe you need four. Okay. Yeah. So you have I mean, four. You can do hub. four and five. I mean, yeah. you've got Milwaukee, Tech, um, Arlington. But it's just not yeah, the new stadium. It should be. It should be this. It should be the World Cup of baseball, right? It should, yes. I mean, that's what it should be. You should have pools. Those are your hub cities. However, you want to divvy them up. Screw AL, NL, right? It's all universal. You do divvy them up like they're doing yeah. now. You divvy up. You have pool play followed by a tournament play, and then. And then you have one final location where the final, you know, where you have the semifinals and the finals, and, and you, you know, they right. hit everyone. You know, like we, baseball people follow baseball, love the WBC. I mean, come on. <laughs> now you're you're right, Lou. It's to the to date, the bubbles have worked. We don't know, and for a long term scenario, you know, maybe somebody goes stir crazy, they sneak out, go somewhere, and then bring it back into the bubble, but. As of right now, it's working. I just do not buy the argument that baseball couldn't have done what the NBA, what the MLS, what the NHL have done. I just don't buy it. They just didn't try. Baseball is a thing of history and a thing of consistency and, and traditionalism and all that good stuff. And it's we got to have a season. And that's just the mentality of how it's been. So I understand in yeah. a way. Well, and it all comes Ryan, down go to, ahead. It all comes down to money. It all comes down to that. It all comes down to that revenue money. For some reason, all these Fox Sports channels, these FSNs, they they can't get their they can't get their money from them if they're not showing their games all the time. Some for some reason, these local sports channels don't want to show a feed from another from one place, so to speak. They want to want an active ballpark and their guys calling the games. I mean, it's it's all a bunch of horseshit, and they put a ton of people in danger, and it's. All because of money. I mean, that's what everything that's wrong with it's like baseball is like politics. Everything that's wrong with it comes down to money. Everything. Polly, jump in here. Here's the thing. Um, I don't think baseball has ever had a good grasp on the virus or how they're going to handle the, the whole situation from the get go. Yes, the bubbles are, are working, quote-unquote, right now. They probably will fail, too, at some point, at in some way or form. Um, but I, I'm 
not even that baseball news what they what you just announced before Wu, but it's just it's just not fun. It doesn't feel the same. Like just I don't know. Just it's not baseball. But I would be I'd be excited for a tournament baseball. That'd be really cool. It would be like pro world pro college world series. It'd be awesome to see. Yeah, I like the like like a World Cup type of thing. That would be that would, people tune into that. But oh hell yeah! I think that I think the cat's already out of the door though. I just, I mean, baseball is like you were saying earlier is just so rigid in their structure and their beliefs, and this is tradition that they tried. But I, I think they're going to want the money. I think there's going to be a void, right? Like baseball has some advantages when it comes dealing with this virus you know especially some things driving me nuts like hey wear the mask in the dugout or if you're not in the game maybe you should be sitting in the stands not in the dugout that kind of thing and i know people are like oh you're gonna take away from the feel of the dugout. I mean, who cares it's about player safety at the end but you got football coming up right how is the nfl gonna pull this off you know you got how many guys all the time <laughs> i mean they're gonna try you got dudes in their pants it's there's there's a potential to be a, a, a you know overall a very big sports board maybe there should be overall whatever uh, but you know if you're baseball you gotta be like okay how can we implement a bubble that's showing to work other places and do it for baseball you know and, and people in our normal time of the year whereas it might even take off more because there may not be the other major sport that's playing that time of year well and with football they're gonna play because of the billions of dollars that are at stake billions of dollars it's probably not smart in fact i know it's not smart there's no good way to keep people social distance in football obviously and if you're talking about a bubble you're talking about 50 players plus probably triple that in staff for each team you're talking about 150 people that you would have to quarantine for eating, and I just don't see that happening. I think football is going to be a disaster once they start. I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I hope the the, the virus doesn't spread, but we could get, we could go on for hours about just how how poorly this has been run from Major League Baseball standpoint. A strategy of hope is never going to work when it comes to this. I feel I always felt like that was. Let's just hope it. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Didn't even last a week. Yeah. Let's just let's just hope that the heat will kill the virus. Let's just hope that this will happen. Yeah. Hey, thoughts and prayers to the virus that it will go away. Cue and cue and Ted DiBiase music now. (laughs) Hey, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Uh, earlier today, I sent out a call for questions using the hashtag Moose Knuckle Shuffle. And Ode to the Reds 2020 World Series had a question. He asked, hashtag Moose Knuckle Shuffle, which song would you rather listen to on repeat for 10 hours? Losing My Religion by R.E.M. or Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees? Oh, my God. Ryan. That's uh, R.E.M. without a doubt. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, not listen to DGs for that long. Yeah. Correct. It would have to be REM for me, be- not because I like that song, but oh my God, I can't listen to the BGs. The freaking high pitched whining, I just can't do it. 
R.E.M. Okay. Um, we don't stop. Yeah, I know. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, hold on. What the <laughs> hell was that? Oh my god. That was my beat that was my Barry G impersonation. <laughs> Shout out to Barry G for don't, burning down Johnny Cash. Hey. Don't quit your J dot. Shout out to Barry G. Shout out to Barry G for burning down Johnny Cash's house. Oh, don't say that. Or Gibb, what? whatever his name was, Barry Gibb. I think his yeah. name is. Yeah. Is that a conspiracy theory? No, when when Johnny Cash died, yeah. he bought his house to renovate and while he was renovating it, he burned it down. Yeah, you can go if you go out on uh, Chris Priest Lake. You can uh, actually, you literally go, you can go right by it, and it's still like the foundations still there and everything. And then you just look and you curse the name very gifts. Yeah, you stalk stalk much? What's going on here? Yeah. No, it's just right. It's right on the lake. It was a lake house. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, Josh asks, hashtag Moose Knuckle Shuffle, who takes over the closer spot if Glacius is unable to get the job done? Is it Amir? Amir, we talked about that earlier. Amir is probably the most likely. Uh, they're not, how should I say this? They're not progressive enough to maybe try Hunter Green as a closer. Although. I wouldn't do it for optics, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't. Well, and the last time they took a dominant starter and turned him into a closer, Chapman, and then they traded him. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to Chapman yeah. Hunter Green. It's ridiculous. Iglesias was a starter too. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Iglesias was you know? too. Yeah. Well, Iglesias was sure. hurt. You you cannot put Green in that situation. You cannot do that to Green. Oh, I, I agree. he has to be a starter. And yeah, it's Amir Garrett without a question. Yeah, oh, without know, a question. I mean, I he's your most stable because, arm because closers are dumb and we shouldn't right. use them. Yeah, no. and I completely agree with you. Like, I think you know, you said something maybe a week ago or so. And I, I just feel like I, I don't know why. For some reason, I feel like David Bell wants to have a closer or, yeah, or players, somebody. It's somebody. Like it's, I mean, as long as yeah. it, like they use it as a metric to save, it justifies pay. You know, you got to get that mm-hmm. moved away. You got to blow that out of the water because otherwise, that player is going to use. You know, they're fighting for their for their income, and and hey, that's a statistic that could be used in my favor. So you need to move. To, you got to prioritize a statistic that would be applicable to all relievers uh, versus just one type of reliever. And then so, you would see the players, oh, okay, I don't care about that title any longer. I would, com- I would right. do the combined hold and save as one statistic. If you're going to have a relievers. What about innings, innings pitch for a reliever? Like, innings, innings pitch for a reliever. Most of the time, your most valuable the ones who are pitching most, the most out of your bullpen. So, because those are the ones you turn to the most. Want to make this something a fan me? off the streets going right? Uh, be able to hook into. That's well, fuck save. the fan off the street. Then you, need, the guy. then you need once in a generational talent to come along, which you know, that's how the save came to be with Rivera and right. You know, latching well, that. I mean, what was it? Goose Gossage was basically the first. Big he was the first, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, I mean, think of, I mean. Rivera's the one that took it to a whole other level. Oh, no. You know, I he was on the Yankees and everything. Him and, Hoff, I mean, him and Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. At least during our lifetime. A couple of sneaky guys to think about, though. Uh, like Lucas Sims would be, seems to have the arm that might, he might be able to be uh, a good closer. Uh, Antone, who we talked about earlier, and even. Or whoever's your most confident pl- pitcher at that point in time. Yeah, get like just stuff. whoever can get out. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting back to way at the beginning there. <laughs> 
situational closer. Yeah, I That's mean, what it should be. And I know, I know, David Bell loves to do knifey spoony with lefty on righty, righty on lefty batting matchups, and the opposite with pitching matchups. But I just want a guy who can get out, doesn't put runners on base and gets out. And right now the Reds don't really have that <laughs> outside it, of a mirror. Baseball is really complex, right? You want hitters who don't get outs and you want pitchers who do get them. Right. Deep stuff. Deep. Getting deep with Wu. Yeah. What? That's what she said. Deep thoughts with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, we'll go around the room here and give their final thought. Have everybody give their final thoughts. And actually, I'm going to go first here because I have something to say. And this is going to piss some people off, but it's my podcast, so I don't care. I stand, or should I say I kneel, with Amir Garrett. Amir, Amir Garrett has done nothing wrong. He kneeled during the national anthem, as did Joey Votto on opening day. But I think Phil Irvin has been doing it some, too, and there might have been one or two others. But Amir Garrett feels that he wants to protest, and... By all means, he has the right to kneel during the national anthem. I have zero problem with it. It's not a slander on the flag or the troops, quote-unquote. He's protesting police brutality, which is something I think the vast majority of Americans should be protesting. I'm not going to get too much deeper into that. I'm just going to say is Amir Garrett, I stand with you. I think the majority of the fans do. Don't listen to the loud minority of idiots and boomers out there saying, oh, get off your knees, respect the flag, respect the troops. No, we stand with you. Woo, your final thoughts. Jeez, how'd it come to me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts is take out everybody. Well, you can. Everyone relax. Everyone's freaking out. Like, even after tonight. Oh, it's, it's, it's. I mean, the Reds go 5 0 in their next 10 games, you know, five games, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, everything, you know. If the season is to finish at 60 games, it's like, just don't, you have to, after 60, you just don't be really shitty. You know, be 500 and above, and you're probably in. But just, just chill. Like, every, everything going on. Let's just relax and just enjoy some baseball that's in front of us, whatever baseball that may be, and uh, be thankful that we get some at all because, you know, maybe we won't come next week <laughs> or the week after. So just, you know, enjoy it. Don't be don't be all on pins and needles and suicidal and everything else when it comes to it. So that's it. Just have fun with thoughts. Have fun with some baseball. Happy notes. Happy thoughts. Ha- happy thoughts. And here's the thing. Polly, give me your final thoughts. Here's the thing. If there's no baseball next week, I'm still going to be living in the dream, folks. And I'll be here next week for another podcast. Oh, we'll, so, <laughs> yeah, we'll have yeah, all kinds yeah, of things to talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah, we will. Uh, but, uh, Coop, I completely 100% agree with you on what you your statement before. And I stand with Amir as well. So thank you for saying that. No problems. Ryan, your thoughts. Ryan, go. Enjoy baseball and love it every second that you get. And, and remember, if you have a name called Mike Cunt, 
he for sure will be a Cardinals fan. Shout out to Yachty, who's probably the one with the runner. I hope to God it is. No, we don't hope. We don't hope it on anyone. I'm sorry, sorry, that's me. I shouldn't say that. I hope it's not. I hope he doesn't have the Rona. I hope nobody gets the Rona. I mean, he's probably got. He's probably got syphilis, which is fine. Right. But no, we don't. I also hope that. uh, (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) So for Polly and Ryan and Wu, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.